Hi, I'm Andy McDonald, Senior Pastor of Whole Life Church here in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational congregation, a faith community committed to our mission to love people into lifelong friendship with God. And we're committed to our vision to be a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Thank you very much, Praise Band. That was really a remarkable song. Thank you so much for that. And behind me, you'll notice, and you've probably noticed already, we have a great backdrop. This is so nice. I want to give a shout out to those that put that together for this weekend. Also, I want to thank, I want to take time to thank those people that have been so faithful in getting some of these pieces put together. I think especially of those who work behind the scenes, the camera crew, the lighting crew, those that work with the editing, those that work with all of the little pieces that are done throughout the week, uh, and it is throughout the week, to try to make this work for this weekend. So thank you so much, and uh, we're grateful. All of us are grateful for the work that you do. I'd like to start with a word of prayer. If you don't mind, let's bow our heads. Father, we pay attention probably a little bit more right now to those things that uh, were so... Uh, put in place so long ago. And we realize that it was because of this story that we are all able to look at our future with joy and peace. And now, Lord, we pray, as we look forward to your soon coming, that you would give us that joy and that peace right now as we try in every way to be again your people here for your time. We pray this in your name. Amen. So the title of our sermon today is An Unexpected Gift. It's part of this series that we've been talking about, Expecting the Unexpected. But just that title seems a bit contradictory, right? I mean, if we were able to expect something unexpected, then it no longer can be unexpected. But we all know what the title actually means. It's a clever way to say, oh, I won't get my hopes up, but deep inside, I will get my hopes up because I know it's going to happen. Sort of like that gift uh, we've been hinting at all year for Christmas. My parents used to go to great lengths to actually surprise us for Christmas by wrapping our expected gifts in boxes with shapes that didn't look anything like what we thought we were getting. So at least the anticipation would leave us wondering a little bit. I remember the time when my dad wrapped my Hot Wheels car in an elaborate created package that looked more like a hammer than a toy car. <laughs> I'm sure many of you have heartwarming stories of those moments when those you count on came through with expectations met. Whether it might be a gift, a proposal, an act of kindness, or a greatly needed helping hand in time of need. However, what about those times when it isn't so positive? What about when the unexpected is not wanted? Is that when we change our interpretation of this title to, well, expect the worst and you'll never be disappointed? <laughs> Actually, at the time of Jesus' birth, Herod, the reigning local king supported by Caesar Augustus, was of that opinion that you don't take chances at all with expecting others to do the right thing for you. 
in his mind, if you don't do what I expect, or even if I suspect that you're not going to do what I expect, well, I'll just take you out of the equation. Countless times, because of his paranoia, or even the slightest threat to his throne, he arranged for many deaths, most within his own family and circle of leadership. So when he heard the news of an expectant baby king being born in his kingdom, it was not out of his character for him to figure out a way to do away with him. When the unexpected is unwanted. I think the biggest surprise and maybe one of the biggest disappointments of his life was when Joseph heard the news about his young wife to be. Even before they had consummated the marriage, he had found out that she was pregnant. What a huge letdown. To say that this was an unexpected happening would have been a vast understatement. And though we look back at this story with warm, celebratory feelings, there was nothing that came close to those kind of emotions for Joseph. And yet, even in his utter discouragement, Joseph is shown to want to do the best thing. Listen how the Bible relates to this dilemma for Joseph. Joseph was her promised husband. He was a good man and didn't want to make it hard for Mary in front of people. So he thought it would be good to break the promised marriage without people knowing it. So in the midst of this horrible news of betrayal, Joseph still tries to handle it with a sense of kindness towards Mary, who now at this point was obviously under, understood his pain, but is not backing down from her own belief in this incredibly hard-to-fathom miracle that has to put her in the most difficult position of her life. Wow. What do we do when we face the unexpected? And it's there right in front of us. When the unexpected turns our world upside down and makes us want to put the brakes on in our world and get off at the next stop, I'd like for us to see this story in this light. How can we handle those unexpected moments? And what can we learn from those who were perhaps unprepared, but still chosen to be the parents of the Son of God? Listen to the words of Gabriel after Mary is quite taken back by that angel that has just shown up in her room. Listen what he says. He says, God has a surprise for you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will rule Jacob's house forever. No end ever to his kingdom. But Mary's response is, but how? She goes, I've never slept with a man. There is this seeking to understand, this questioning of how do I follow this message? And then there's Joseph. Scripture makes it very clear that even though he wanted to make it discreet, Joseph was still unsettled as to how he would actually resolve this whole mess he saw in their relationship. He too was seeking, trying to find hope in the midst of this hopeless situation. You know, the Bible mentions that he went to sleep that night, still trying to decide when an angel came to him. 
in both of these situations, there was an immediate response to hope, not because it was easy to follow through on, but because they were actually seeking it. They were in the midst of looking for it. They wanted to believe that there was hope in the midst of this agonizing disruption. In the hardest of times, and when it's bleak, it is almost as, well, it is. It's just as important to be working towards and seeking hope as it is to have hope itself. The words that Joseph heard from the angel were not easy words to swallow by any means, but they were words that gave him hope to know that his love for Mary was not a mistake. Their engagement was not a wrong path. How reassuring, right? (laughs) But that wasn't even the best news. The best news was that the Messiah was on his way. So in the midst of these initially unwanted and unexpected gifts, our first thought before we get to total despair, our first thought should be seeking hope, looking for it, desiring it, wanting it, going after hope. Now, the second part in this very interesting story is that both Joseph and Mary went down this road questioning God's direction for their life, not really an objection to it, but still wondering. Now, to their credit, I don't think anyone would have thought any different whether today or 2,000 years ago. Even in our warm thoughts of this Christmas story, we still find it an incredible miracle that God comes down as a baby. So here we find Joseph and Mary in the last days of her pregnancy, and there they are, off on a week-long journey to Joseph's hometown of Bethlehem. And that's not all. On top of that, the Bible makes it very clear that there's no place for them to stay when they get there, except, of course, for a shelter of sorts for animals. But what is interesting is the lack of emotional reactions given during this part of the story. You can look all through the Bible, and there isn't any place in this story where it talks about those words. No fear, no dismay, discouragement are not found in this part of that story. The fact that Mary had to travel for a week by cart or donkey or on foot in her condition is almost unfathomable, and then only to be surpassed by a night of labor pains in a lean-to next to a cow. How is Luke at least not saying that Well, Mary was uncomfortable with this whole course of events that took place that night. He doesn't say that. And we could certainly understand that that would have been the case. I mean, the gospel writers gave them both deep emotions earlier in the story, but it was never mentioned. I believe Luke is intentional in this, not because he didn't think it was an extremely hard on Mary. After all, he was a physician No, he didn't mention it because I think that it was not part of what Mary or Joseph were concerned about. Personal pain or discomfort were no longer a part of their narrative. A greater reality was now in their lives together. They were, and quite literally so, with Jesus. Nothing actually mattered next to that. They had already agreed that this was their joy and they were going to abide in it. Census, no problem. Week's journey to Bethlehem, I'll help you pack. No room to give birth, no midwife, no hot water, no crib, we got it. Now, 
I'm sure they were not that cavalier about it. But nothing was going to take their joy. My wife and I were on a mission trip to Africa with our children and our grandchildren. And it would have been great except for one thing. While we were there, I got news that my mother, who I had put on hospice a few months before, had taken a turn for the worse. As nice as it was to be in that part of the world and be with my children, I also knew it was important for me to get back here to where my mother was in her last days. So within hours after getting this news, we were able to change our flights and charter a small little plane that would take us back to the Nairobi airport. I was sad that we had to cut our trip short, but relieved and very grateful that all the arrangements had fallen into place. It was truly a blessing in every sense of the word. The next morning, it was decided that our group would all go on a safari, and then at the given time, our driver would drop my wife and I off at the airport, as it was sort of on the route. As we were heading down this steep thousand-foot descent and le that led to the lower plains, I asked our driver, so just where is the airport? And he pointed straight ahead and said, oh, it's right over there. Over where? I don't see anything, I said. I was puzzled because where he was pointing looked like every other place in the valley floor, just hundreds of miles of tall brown grass and scattered trees intersected by a few brown lines of dirt roads. No tarmac, no buildings, just nothing for as far as I could see. And then he explained to me that the plane just lands and takes off in a clearing where most animals have learned not to gather too much. That's when he pointed out a small broken down plane off to the side. I got out my binoculars only to realize that the plane had one wing and the propeller was broken off. Needless to say, I decided that I would not ask any more questions. That worked out for a while until I looked at my watch and realized that we had been driving for quite some time and our flight was scheduled to leave in 15 minutes. No one seemed to be all that bothered, but then everyone else was just on safari. Only my wife and I were flying out. The rest were just going to take in the sights. I again leaned over and asked, So are we close? Yes, it's just over the river here. And that's when I noticed that all three of our vehicles were turning into this muddy road that led straight into that river that was literally over a football field in width. I don't see a bridge. Is there no bridge? I asked, trying to be calm. No, no bridge, he said. This is the road to the airport, he said as he raised his radio to his voice and motioned and told everyone to start driving forward. But I think I see hippos ahead. I was, uh, I was really a little bit alarmed. I said, are you kidding me? This is the road to the airport? Everyone was now holding on as we watched as the first of our three vehicles plowed forward into that running river. Soon the huge tires were out of sight and the water was over the floorboards. We entered the water right behind them and it wasn't long before the muddy water was running into our floor as well on our vehicle. 
I looked out and watched as the first vehicle was pushing forward in the water and, and making wake like a like a boat wake that looked more like you were traveling behind in a ski or something in a ski boat. Dozens of birds and and along with those hippos were lunging in in every direction to get out of our way. My only hope was that we, we would keep moving. That's when I turned around. I actually turned around to see how the last vehicle in our group was doing, but I caught a glimpse of my two granddaughters sitting there in the far back of our vehicle with their parents. There was no terror, no anxiety or anxiousness, no look of uncertainty, just radiant, pure, unbridled joy as they watched this river adventure unfold right before their very eyes. Now, yes, you could say, of course, they're children. They don't know the danger. They don't understand what's at stake. But even if I was to sit and explain it to them in the best possible way, it still wouldn't take away that joy. Not because they were oblivious, but because mommy and daddy were right there going through it with them. When something unexpected comes our way, know that you can abide in joy knowing Jesus is right there with you. So the second part to this is abide in joy. Emmanuel, God with us. Lastly, there is one more part of this story of Mary and Joseph. The Bible makes mention of it in a short time later. Joseph is once again visited by an angel in the middle of the night. He says, get up, take the young child and his mother to the country of Egypt. Go as fast as you can and stay there until you hear from me. Herod is looking to do harm to the young child and to kill him. This time, there is no wondering, no hesitancy. It doesn't even say that the next morning. It says it, during the night, he and Mary got up with Jesus and they left for Egypt. There are times when the unexpected will call for an unusual action, and sometimes even an unusual urgent action. And those times, if we have been seeking hope, if we've been abiding in joy of knowing that Jesus is in our lives, it will not be a mystery as to whether or not we can trust him during those times. The road to Egypt, even though it was a lot longer than the one that they had just traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem, they understood their journey now. It was all about trusting in God and knowing that he will provide. We also need to learn from this story that we can trust God with our lives. That is how we move forward with this uncertain gift at times. The unexpected in our lives. By the way, back to our Africa trip. Yes, we all made it safely to the other side of the river. And Tammy and I made it to the plane. And before we got on the plane, I said to our driver, you know, I finally see that I should have been more calm. You were right. You've probably gone through that river many times, haven't you? Oh, yeah, he said with a smile. And then he said, next time when you come back, You'll see more than you expected this time. <laughs> Isn't that how it always is with God? The more we seek him, the longer we abide in him, 
And the deeper our trust goes, we realize that most often his best gifts are in the unexpected. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians. All focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.